family and I just realized this morning uh, it truly is a privilege to be able to save family you know one of the things that I love about every nation is the fact that no matter where you go in the world there's family and so there's always a home away from home and being here at, at Willows this past weekend has truly been a joy for me I want to just thank you and firstly bring warm greetings from Cape Town uh, you know it is a blessing to be part of this, as I said, you know, whether it's Cape Town, Pretoria, Johannesburg, wherever we go, there's spiritual family. So up on screen, I think you can see a picture of my beautiful family. That's my wife, Mary, um, and our children, Mark. Mark is 15, Rebecca is 13, and, um, oh, no, I think I got that wrong. Sorry, Marcus. Marcus 16, Rebecca's 14. I know my anniversary day, don't worry, I've, 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 got that, I've got that covered, I've got that well covered in my wife's birthday. Yeah, kids are not going to forgive me for that one. But just truly a privilege to be here, I want to thank just the pastors and the leadership. Um, Lindry, thank you, you, Jonathan's absence, and uh, thank you to each and every person. I want to thank as well just the Coffee family for um, just all the arrangements and just helping me. I want to thank uh, Lisa as well, just for all the admin and everything, sorting out this trip for me to be able to be here. And then this morning, um, allow me also just to to welcome, um, I've got my cousin here, um, um, Roger and his wife, Carol. I've got some friends here, Ruben, um, not sure if Mornay's here, but just thank you for, for coming out this morning. And I pray that we'll all have a wonderful time in the Lord. So I'm really excited this morning. And I'm going to ask us, um, I know we've, we've just been told to, to sit down and become comfortable. But you know what? We, we're doing the series Counterculture. So can you stand again this morning? Amen. As we're going to be looking at the theme this morning, I was, I was just made so aware. And I love the fact that we, that we ended with that particular song. Um, and we're going to be speaking on a lot of aspects of the Holy Spirit this morning. But I want us just to, just where you are this morning, I want us just to pray for a moment. Is that okay? We, we, can, we just want to pray this morning. I really feel that, that God just wants to shift some things this morning, whether it be over the house in general or whether it be in, in your life, in your personal life, in your family. Some of us may have come here with different expectations, some of us with different circumstances. But I know irrespective, he's still the same God that's able to hear, he's the same God who's able to answer. And so through the wonderful working of the precious Holy Spirit, we're going to ask him that he's going to come and that he's going to bring about a change wherever we are. So I'm going to ask if you are able to, can we just pray in the Spirit just, just for a few moments and we're going to ask for those who don't know, when we pray in the Spirit, the Bible says that even though our minds are unfruitful, it's our spirits which comes alive. And so as we pray in the Spirit, as you stir yourself up in the most holy faith, as, as the book of Jude and um, verse 20 says to us, there's only one chapter of Jude, um, but it speaks about stirring yourself up in the most holy faith. So this is not 
This is not the corporate praying in tongues which needs interpretation. I want you just to take a personal moment, just to pray in the Spirit this morning. This is our heavenly language. This, as we always say, is our hotline to heaven. This is the one prayer you'll never, ever mess up in your life, right? You can, you can be fully assured that God hears you. Um, and so let's just pray in the Spirit just for a moment um, as, we, as we come and approach God uh, for His Word and the ministry thereof this morning. Hallelujah. Let's, let's pray in the Spirit if you're able. Soto kuibideba nosto dobrekeda banashta badruse. Ripandaya solo lodombre keda banesta man tododo shikata. Lisi toko yete mando si pantobro golo bedeshama. Suzubre hende menintro toko de besta banasto kutuko. Esima yato lique broho shemachiti simonto sidi. Riba yim no nono si bande bosha namon tuko de be. Sibene monto to de hambra dibene mercy ondo shikata. Lihende sutu bra ne koyo nosti ba. Inompation to custimenti pidi osti bra ilivediste. Anatune nen binyosti ne. Brahane lilibio sonto tia mananka tololo budiasi. Brehesi sibro tonamba. Libra hasito onti kalamiyando do si ande. Mani koyene masuyo do brahavidesiando. Oh, we bless you this morning, Lord. Thank you, precious Spirit of God, that you make the word alive to us this morning. We thank you that as we bring our respective lives to you, thank you for change, thank you for impartation. But Father, I pray this morning also for transformation in all of our lives. Father, we just prayed it right now that your precious spirit would come upon us and that we would go out from here. Lord, we pray this morning for an empowered church, Father. We pray this morning for an empowered people. We pray that we will leave this place, Lord God, and also be accused like those who were accused in the book of Acts, Father. May we be accused of turning this world upside down for you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We honor you and we bless you. I bless you that your word will not return void this morning, but it will accomplish every single thing that you set it out to do this morning. And so prosper your word, I pray. I thank you that heaven and earth may pass away, but your word will never pass away. Lord, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. And so I thank you that as your word goes forth this morning, it will permeate every area of darkness and bring your lasting light there in the name of Jesus. Father, we are mindful to give you the honor. We vow to you the glory and we do so right now. And the precious people of God said, amen, amen. Thank you, beloved. You may take your seats this morning. So family, as we look at this whole aspect of being culture, culture, um, uh, counterculture, we know that this speaks about, and I love the fact that, yes, it speaks about an attitude which is different, but I love what the dictionary says because it speaks about a way of life that is different to the status quo. It's a way of life that is different to what everybody else is doing. And as Christians, I really believe that God has called you and me to come with a different message and come with a different approach when it comes to life. We should be the answer and not the problem. I'm amazed at how many times we so easily find ourselves trapped and ensnared along with the world. So we speak the same language as the world. 
yes, the country's going down. Oh, yes, things are just getting worse. You know what? I'm not even sure if I'm going to have a job tomorrow. Things cannot be worse than what they are right now. Years back, at least, we had this, that, and the other. And so, and so what has happened is you and I get locked into the same narrative as the world. We speak the same language, you know, and that's why the indictment for us is that unless God comes and brings a change in our language and our behavior, we will find ourselves in exactly the same place as what the world finds itself. But if God has called you and me to be the light of this world, and I know that he has, then there's got to be something different. I love this quote. Um, I, I say I love it. I'm also deeply challenged by it. I think it was by A.W. Tozer. And he said that if, if 95% of the Holy Spirit's ministry was removed from the church, many would not even notice the difference. But if 95% of the ministry of the Spirit of God was removed from the early church, the whole world would know the difference. And so I believe that it's an indictment on you and me because we have the precious Spirit of God. I believe that God had poured out His Spirit. And just a few weeks ago, we were commemorating and celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we know on the church calendar, um, we're gearing up for that time of Pentecost, the time when the Spirit of God was, was poured out. And so some may ask, but why do we still commemorate these days? Why do we still celebrate them? You see, I believe because it's not just the celebration and commemoration of what happened on that day. It is really the power of what happened from that particular day. And so as you and I come together this morning and we say, Lord, thank you for what you are doing. We're looking at the theme this morning of living spirit empowered. Living Spirit empowered. And I am, you know, every time again, I'm challenged by God's word because the word says to us in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that rests and resides in you and me. And so if we are ever going to live spirit empowered, then it can only be through the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you, beloved, that when the enemy came, he used probably his most greatest attack, his biggest onslaught, and probably all of his power to keep Jesus Christ in the grave. But how many of us know that when Jesus rose from the grave, he made an emphatic statement that he is all-powerful and that even the greatest enemy, that death, is not able to hold him in the tomb. Now, it is that same power which is at work in you, and it's the same power at work within me this morning. We need to be living spirit-empowered. One of God's great generals, Smith Wigglesworth, said the following, and I love this quote. He said, we must be careful not to choose, but to let God's Holy Spirit manage our lives. Not to smooth down and explain away, but to stir up the gift, allow God's Spirit to disturb us and disturb us and disturb us until we healed and healed and healed and the possibility in God's mind for us becomes an established fact in our lives with the rivers in evidence meeting the need of a dying world. 
I'm praying this morning that God's Spirit will stir us. I'm praying this morning that God's Spirit will awaken us. Because how we need the living water. How we need that transferring power of God. You know, this is a true account of another great general of God, um, Dwight L. Moody. And Dwight tells the account uh, many years ago. It was 1873. That's, that's quite a few years ago. I know nobody over here this morning was around at the time. But still a powerful statement. And he had this statement with, uh, sorry, this conversation with Henry Varley. And here is what Dwight L. Moody took away. And so Varley and him were conversing. They were speaking. And this is what Varley said. And Varley said, Moody, the world has yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated to him. And at that moment, Moody's reply to this was, by God's help, I aim to be that man. And he was that man. And so I'm wondering who this morning will also say, who will be healed here this morning saying that by God's help, I will be that man. By God's help, I will be that woman. Because God is no respecter of person. And so as the Holy Spirit enabled these generals of faith, I know he will enable you as well this morning. I want to speak to you just about three points. I want to speak to you this morning about person, that being the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to speak to you about prayer. And I want to speak to you about power. Let's look at the first point then, person. When you are saved, God calls you into a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so in John 14 and verse 17, we see, and it says there, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, you know him. For he dwells with you, and then he goes on and says this last part, and will be in you. And that is, that is amazing. That is so powerful. You see, the Holy Spirit is so powerful, family. The Holy Spirit helps us in so many ways. Just some of his attributes, just some of his personal acts are the following. He teaches. The Holy Spirit comforts. The Holy Spirit testifies or he bears witness. The Holy Spirit convicts us. He guides us. He calls people to service. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And the Holy Spirit gives gifts to God's people. Oh, he is precious and he's wonderful. And how we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Our, one of our greatest problems facing us as the body of Christ this day is that many talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And yes, we need to acknowledge the Spirit's power, but the Spirit's power will only come when we know the person. When you and I are only preoccupied with the power, we miss the better part of the relationship, and that is the person. I mean, imagine if your children were only interested in you because of what you give them. I mean, you'd love that out of your relationship, as part of the expression of your relationship, you'd love to give them whatever they require. And so the first part is the person or the relationship. The giving flows out of that and not other way around. So I don't want to know his power before I know him. And that's why it's important to know the person of the Holy Spirit. R.A. Torrey said the following. He said, if we think of the Holy Spirit 
only as an impersonal power or influence, then our thought will constantly be, how can I get hold of and use the Holy Spirit? But if we think of him in the biblical way as a divine person, infinitely wise, infinitely holy, infinitely tender, then our thought will constantly be, how can the Holy Spirit get hold of and use me? And that's our biggest thing that we trust in God for. You see, too many of us go through life and all that we want is just a spiritual injection. All that we long for is a momentary, just a burst or a surge of power. If I can use an illustration, then I'll use the following. It would be like somebody who has a problem with his car. And the problem is the car can't start and it's not the starter. It is, in fact, the battery, right? Now, that person can probably for the rest of their life or as long as they are able to try and get somebody else to give them a jump start every morning. But how many of us know that that is not the problem? The problem is that the battery needs replacement. And so many times, even for us as Christians, sometimes all we want is just the jump start. If I can just get to the service, then I'll, it'll give me a jump start. If I can just get to the connect group, then it'll give me a jump start. If I can just go to the training or impartation weekend, then it'll give me a jump start. Beloved, those things are good but it's not the source of the power. It's the person of the Holy Spirit that we need first and foremost. The second point I want to speak on is that of prayer. Now, I know in South Africa, we are all very well aware and perfectly acquainted with the inconvenience of going without electricity, right? We, we're all familiar with that. And, um, and we know that this electricity, it gives us the necessary power to conduct the necessary things and the one thing that we do know is that this electricity needs a point of contact. And so it doesn't matter how high-tech your device is, no matter how high-tech your piece of equipment may be, unless it is plugged in, it's not going to work. I mean, you can have the top-of-the-range refrigerator. I mean, this thing can do everything for you, can tell you what foods are in there, how many calories, when you need to reorder, can give you, you know, cold water, lukewarm water, can give you ice blocks, can do all of that. But unless it's plugged in, unless it is connected, that new beautiful piece of equipment will be completely useless. And so it is with us as well. We need a point of contact between us and God. And so in order to experience His power, in order for you and me to live the Spirit-empowered life, we also need to have this connection. And so if you and I are not operating with God's power as He wills and He desires for us, then it is not a power problem. It is not a supply problem. It is a connection problem because all the power is made available already to you and to me. You see, as I mentioned earlier on, that the resurrection power, the power that raised Christ from the dead is already available to you and to me. So it's not a connection problem. Sorry, it's not a power problem. It's not a supply problem. It's not as if God is having load shedding issues and things like that. You know, God has all power. It is a connection problem between you and me. And beloved, our point of contact is prayer. So let me make the following statement this morning. Where there is no prayer, there is no contact. 
And where there is no contact, there is no power. So you and I can only, through this life of prayer, we can engage and we can experience all that God has for us to live the Spirit-empowered life. If I can use the illustration, then it would be one of the following. If you consider your DSTV decoder just for a moment, right? We know that there are different models, but we know that sort of the high-definition, ultra-high definition, those, those are almost standard these days. And so we know that the unit itself, there's a fee that we pay for that. It's a once-off fee. And you'll notice that over the years, the once-off fee gets reduced every single time. So that, you know, that, 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 that number comes down. The problem is, it's not the unit that's costly, it is the monthly subscription. And that is so evident because when we look at all the package and you look at the premium package, I mean, you're paying, you're paying a lot of money. So here's what happens and here's how this works. There are satellites which makes the content accessible, right? So there's content, and we know there's global content. We see, you know, whether it is your sport team playing in another country, whether you're watching a Grand Prix in another nation, doesn't really matter. So the content is made accessible. But the way you and I are able to enjoy that particular contact is because we need a decoder. So what happens is that the satellites are there, the feed is there, but the decoder needs to almost pull in that information and then make that available to you and me to watch. Now, here's the thing that, that's really interesting about this. In the same way that we look at that subscription, which is important for us, in the same way, this speaks to us like prayer. Prayer is that particular mechanism because unless you and I are engaged in constant prayer, all of what God has available to you and me will not be available because we don't have that connection. Prayer is that mechanism. Prayer makes it all available. And isn't it amazing that no matter how great a decoder you have, no matter what features that may have, unless you pay the subscription, they will cut you off, right? And so you'll see that all of a sudden, um, you'll get a notice, this account is not paid, please settle the amount, or whatever the case may be, and then you can enjoy the viewing again. All of what God has for us is made available through the power of prayer. And so the Holy Spirit helps us when we're praying. Romans 8 and verse 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And I love this portion of Scripture. And so it highlights the importance of our relationship with God. It highlights the importance of how the Holy Spirit pray for, prays for us. The Bible says, speaking about groanings too deep for words. And that is how personal and how intimate the Spirit of God is. Pastor Jim LaFoon, speaking on this particular Scripture, he says the following. He says, with the Holy Spirit being God, He knows the Godhead's divine desires and will for us. This enables him to perfectly express our needs, that's your and my needs, 
even when we cannot understand them ourselves. And that is why tongues or praying in the Spirit can create such a deep sense of divine reconnection, peace, and faith. Family, when you and I are praying in the Spirit, when you and I are praying the will of God, God's answer is always in the affirmative. In other words, it is always yes when we pray in line with His will and we pray according to His Spirit. So keep on praying. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers enable you to live the Spirit-empowered life. And speaking about power leads us to our third point, that being power. One of the chief roles of the Holy Spirit is to empower believers. But as we said before, it is first the person, then it's prayer or the connection, and then it's the power. And so that is what the Holy Spirit does. And, and we know that in the book of Acts, the first chapter and verse 8, we read the following. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come, has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so the word when there clearly shows us that this power which you and I need, this power which enables us to live this counterculture life to the rest of the world, it only comes when the Spirit has come upon you. And we know that if you are filled with the Spirit of God, then we know that you have this power. You see, this shows that the power through the Holy Spirit is not just, it's not just a concept to be understood. The power of the Holy Spirit is a reality which should be experienced. And so it's not just what we know. The Holy Spirit creates a powerful people. Family, I want to say to you this morning, you are a powerful people. And you have a powerful presence. But you also carry out a powerful program. And that program is the Matthew 28. That program is to go and make disciples of every nation. That is to go in God's strength, to go in God's power, and change the prevailing culture, to change the narrative, to change what people are saying. You see, it's that same Spirit of God who empowered even the early disciples. That is why you'd find that someone like Peter who denied Jesus three times, all of a sudden on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God was poured out, he stands up, he preaches a message, and 3,000 people comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that they were cut to the heart and they asked what it is that they needed to do. I'm praying that God will release a people that even when you're sitting in your boardrooms, even when you're sitting in your classrooms, even when you find yourself in your home, even when you find yourself in the mall or speaking to a neighbor or to a fellow um, mother or, or father whose child, um, your, your children, um, sorry, you attend the same school, even when you speaking and engaging to them, I'm praying that something will be stirred in their hearts because of the power of the Holy Spirit that will get released through your words and they too will ask, what is it that I need to do to be saved? I'm amazed at what happens after this. You see, Peter and John comes and we find that there's a lame man and, and they heal this lame man. And now instead of, you know, everybody rejoicing at this man who was lame for all these years, immediately they find opposition. Immediately they find that now they need to stand and give an account of what had happened. 
And so in Acts 4 and verse 13 and 14, we read, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, uncommon, uh, sorry, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. I get stirred every time I read that verse. I'm praying that God will use you and me, that it will be so obvious to the world that what we have experienced and what God has done through our lives is so obvious that it's God alone. Because even though they may have challenged the theology of these disciples or apostles, they could have challenged their worldview or how they approached things. The one thing they could not challenge was the fact that this man who was lame was now standing beside them. They couldn't oppose that. They had no words. And the Bible says that these were ordinary men. They were common men, just like you and me. There was nothing special or extraordinary with regards to them by themselves. But, oh, beloved, when the Spirit of God comes upon us, when the Spirit of God is within us, when the Spirit of God empowers us, there's something different. There's something significant that gets released. And that's when the people will come and ask how is it that I can also experience this power that you have? Every nation, Twania, I want to say, and Willows, I want to say to you this morning that you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you this morning that we have a message which is counterculture. I want to say to you this morning that we have a power which is counterculture. But I want to say to you this morning that we have a person in the Holy Spirit that will enable you to be counterculture as well. So when everybody else is speaking negative, when everybody else is speaking death, you speak life as the Spirit enables you to speak life. You know, many times challenges come our way. And many times it's easy for us just to give in when we're hard-pressed from every side. But I want to share this with you this morning, this illustration. And I will, I will go out and confess to you this morning, I really love popcorn. Right, I, I love popcorn. This is a gospel according to popcorn. All right, this is this is the whole word just all all locked up in this. And um, and what I what I particularly love, my my family enjoys buying you know sort of the pre pop popcorn um, in in the store. I enjoy making it myself because it's fresh, it's warm, it's just more tasty for me. And a few um, two years ago, in fact, in April of 2021, Reader's Digest showed how French researchers actually mapped out the process of making popcorn. Now, I know this is not going to change your world in any way to know what it, what it's all, how it all comes together. But you see, inside of every popcorn kernel, that's that hard shell, inside of that, believe it or not, there's a tiny droplet of water. And this is surrounded by, by starch. Now, at 100 degrees Celsius... The water, that little drop of water, it turns into steam, it mixes with the starch, and it creates this hot, this doughy mass. So that's at 100 degrees Celsius. So pressure builds within the shell until finally at 180 degrees Celsius, it bursts. And then within one fifteenth of a second, one fifteenth, you'll see this leg of 
fluffy starch emerging, it breaks the shell and it gets kicked centimeters into the air. That's when, you know, when there's a lid on, that's when it pops. That's when it pops the whole time. And so as we look at this, and so obviously it continues to pop, and then we find that what comes out now is probably more than twice the size that it was when it originally was in the form of just that hard kernel. Now, what do I want to say through that? I want to say that as we look at this illustration, I want to suggest to you this morning that what happens on the inside can easily remodel what happens on the outside. And so when we look at this popcorn, you see the water was inside all the time. The starch was inside all the time. And what it took was some heat and some pressure to release that. I want to say to you that as much as what we may look at the world and as much as what it may seem as if the world is dire and things are going worse, I believe it's one of the greatest setups from God to be able to release his church with his power and for this world to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to say to you that I believe that the harvest is ripe at this point in time. And so unless you and I will go out and realize that all that is happening when we face opposition, and I want you to see this in your spirit's eye, when you're faced with challenges, then think of that particular popcorn. You see, unless the popcorn has the heat, unless it has all of that agitation, unless it has all of that difficulty, it will remain the hard kernel that is useless to anybody because none of us are going to eat that hard kernel as it is. But the moment pressure gets exerted on it, then all of a sudden that which is inside comes out and now we find that it's twice the size that it was. Beloved, this is often you and me as well. When the pressures of the world gets exerted on us, when the culture of the world is different to that of God's word, what he's saying to you is the spirit of God already rests and resides inside of you. If the word of God is inside of you already, then even when the pressure of the world comes, what the enemy doesn't realize is that he's actually doing you a favor. He's actually advancing the kingdom of God because now you're going to see a part of me that you never would have seen before. You're going to see what's really inside of me. And that is why somebody like Smith Wigglesworth would say that I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside because the transforming power of God's word is releasing me so that I can step into the fullness of what God has for me. So every time you go and every time you face this opposition, whether it is to to get your small group going, whether it is to do a mission somewhere in the world or in Africa, whether it is just to speak to someone and you find that there's opposition. Oh, beloved, the enemy is thinking that that's going to put you down. I'm praying this morning that you realize the more opposition there is, you're moving maybe from 100 degrees because sometimes at 100, things are starting to move, but it's not quite there yet. And so when we find that it's getting hotter and hotter, it's becoming more difficult and more difficult, all that's happening, the heat is being turned up so that there is a transformation which can take place in your life and in mine. Beloved, you and I are called to be countercultural. And so I'm praying this morning that as we come before God, that we too would say, Lord, I want to be that man. God, I want to be that woman. Lord, I want to be the one that's going to bring about change. I want to be like 
Paul, sorry, like Peter and John, Lord God, who's, who came and, and people saw that they were just ordinary men. But God, I want to see and I want them to see that I was with Jesus. I want them to see the transforming work in my life. I know that God is doing something. I know that God is stirring something within the nations. And I want to say to you that we are really in for the greatest revival that this world has ever known. I'm not sure about you, but I realize that when people get to the place where they know that there's nothing that can happen, humanly speaking, that's a wonderful time for you and I to step up with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful time for them to see that it's only God that can make this difference. I always say this, many times we are praying for miracles. We all want miracles. We don't like the miracle situation. Because you see, unless the situation is one where you cannot do anything about it, then it's not a miracle, right? Sometimes there's difficulty, but it's not, it's not a miracle that is needed. And so, um, and so I always enjoy making this statement. I always say that, that miracles are not birthed in the realm of difficulty. They birth in the realm of impossibility. We look at the world and what do we hear? We say, no, it's impossible for that to happen. It's impossible for us to get out of the situation. It's impossible for us to see a righteous government. It's impossible for us to see the whole world saved. It's impossible for us to see change and, and transformation within countries and cities and nations. But with man, it may be impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Family, God is calling you and me this morning to do the impossible. God is calling you and me this morning to be displayers of his miraculous power. Because the same power which raised Christ Jesus from the dead rests and resides inside of you. Let's be those people who will bring about a counterculture. Because the culture we want to bring in is that of God's word and him being Lord over our life. Let's go and let's live spirit-empowered lives to his honor and to his glory this morning. Can we all stand as we pray? Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're also saying, you know, I've heard the word and I would love to be used by God. And maybe in your own life you've realized that maybe you've fallen for just the narrative of the world. Maybe you've spoken the same language. Maybe just everything that you are doing and saying is exactly the same as that of the world. But perhaps this morning, God's precious spirit has stirred something inside of you where you're saying, God, I want to bring about a change in this world. You're saying this morning, Lord, I know that the world may seem dark and dreary and gloomy right now, but I'm praying that you'd use me. You may say this morning, Lord, I've heard about many great men and women, some in the Bible, some in modern day context. But Father, I'm praying that I will not only read about them, I'm praying that I will experience what they've experienced. God, I'm saying to you this morning, Lord, here I am. Use me. I'm saying this morning, God, change 
the narrative. Change my language. Change the way I approach things. Lord, may I see things from your point of view. God, I pray this morning that you'd fill me up one more time. Precious Holy Spirit, I'm praying for a fresh endowment of your power. Maybe this morning you're saying, Precious Spirit of God, I want to get to know you better. Maybe you're saying this morning, Lord, help me in my prayer life. You say, Lord, I pray for your power this morning. If that's you, I'm going to ask just where you are this morning. Won't you just raise both hands to the Lord? Just going to do a general prayer this day. Oh, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. Lord, we stand before you and we ask that you would use us, Lord. Father, we ask that as we get to know you better, we pray, Lord, that as we connect with you better through prayer, we pray, Lord God, that we will step out with your power and with your virtue. Father, we're praying this morning that we will not only read about others, but I'm praying, Lord God, that even from this church, I'm praying for every person here this morning. God, may they be those who others will write about. May they be, Lord God, like those who've been accused of turning this world right side up. Father, may they be those who will be, Lord used and may their names father be chronicled when we speak of revivals and reformation oh god we're saying here this morning that when it comes to missions when it comes lord god just to a change of life to a transformation of society oh god we're saying this morning here we are use us lord god father like dl moody we stand before you and we say god may we be that men May we be that human, Lord God. Precious Spirit of God, I pray right now that your power would come upon every single person who's here. I'm praying that you'd speak to them anew. I pray that you'd minister to them afresh. And I thank you, Lord, that this will be a house of change. I pray that this will be a house of transformation. I'm praying, Lord God, that you'll use each and every person in this house to bring about a change wherever they may go. Family, as I end, let me just share this, just this prophetic picture that I have of, of, of this church. You can remain standing. I won't be too long. So I had this vision of of a people coming to a place and these people needed to go to a specific place to get to get empowered it was almost as if there was a shortage almost like when you get a water shortage you need to go and um, you know you go to a specific place that's a collection point and then you go from there and you go to your house but in my spirit I see how the Lord will use Every nation, Swanee, Willows, I see how the Lord will use you. Because this will be like a powerhouse. I believe that even as people come here, it will not be that their dependence is on this house. It will be a source of coming and almost sort of a refueling. But here's the further picture I saw in my spirit. 
is that as people went to their places, as they went to their respective roads, those people now became a source of power to others within that road. And so I'm seeing as God empowers you that from this house, many are going to come, many are going to be locked in, and many are going to go out. This is going to be almost like in a time where there is a crisis, almost in a time when there is nothing left, and people will not only hawk, they will run. They will stream to where the power is. They will stream to where the source is. And I believe God will set you up to direct those people to the ultimate source of power, which is Him. I'm sensing that there's something tremendous that's breaking in the spiritual realm over the spiritual house. I believe in the next three months, there's going to be something very significant. And so what I'm sensing is like a cloud just building over this church. And some of the breakthroughs that you've been longing for, some of the things you've been praying and fasting for, You've had measures of them, but you've not had the fullness of them yet. But if you can see the picture in the spiritual realm, it's like the clouds are building and building and it's becoming heavier and heavier. And I believe that within this period of three months, this church will reach what we call saturation point. And it's at saturation point where the weight of what is happening within that cloud is too much and it needs to come down. I believe that there's a fresh outpouring that God is releasing over this house. It'll be a source. It'll be a haven. It'll be like an oasis to those in a lost world, to those in a dry desert. And many will come, says the Lord. In fact, you will find that there'll be an increase even of those coming from different ethnicities, even from those from different backgrounds, says the Lord. And I'm going to use you to be the answer to much of what's happening, not only in your place, but even in this region and even within this country, says the Lord. I'm using you as a source of my power. And as it gets released through you, this world will come running in. Saturation point for every nation willows. Trust me and see, says the Lord. Because for many, you will experience a reaping even in places where you have not sown. Something new coming. There's something fresh coming. And you're going to find that as God's grace comes upon you, It'll almost be like it's with less effort you're going to achieve so much more. It is He's empowering. It's not your own. And so, Father, I pray for the spiritual house this morning. I pray that you'd bless and anoint the leaders, Lord. I pray for every ministry, God. I pray for every connect group. I pray for every discipleship group. Father, I pray for every activity. I pray for everything that's happening. Father, I pray for the youngest member to the very oldest, Lord. And I thank you for fresh fire, for fresh power, for fresh release. And we know that your kingdom will come and your will will be established in this house to your honor and to your glory. We thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise this morning as we honor him for his power? God bless you.